0: Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning into the EWB podcast. This is your host Emil Wang, coming to you with a long long overdue um uh, movie, media, TV show review with my buddy Jeff Lou. I mean, Jeff, w- what was that
1: last movie that we actually reviewed? I, I want to say Parasite. Oh my god, was that really the one? That that might have been like just after the pandemic started. That's yeah. It's crazy. And- and then you had a baby, and uh, and I had a baby. So yeah.
0: uh, things have been a little bit busier for us. But uh, hey, we got to give the people what they want, right? Exactly. And what the people want is or kung Jake fu. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> is, is he the guy that knocked like knocked yeah. the dude out? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a little behind on the the internet influencers. So I, like, apparently, he's doing pretty well, and he beat somebody that was kind of legit that was better than nate
1: robinson No, nate robinson was the legit one <laughs> <laughs> now, he fought he fought an mma fighter who's known for uh wrestling so oh, he okay. st- he still has not been uh, legit- an actual boxer. a legitimate opponent <laughs> in my opinion
0: <laughs> gotcha so yeah. if you were if it's like if somebody were to challenge me in, let's say arm wrestling you know like uh th- th- there's there's no way I would win because that's not my specialty, right? Exactly. I, I'm a thumb war guy. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of thumb wars, I, I don't know how to make a good transition. Um, <laughs> we are going to get into Kung Fu, but I, I want to start by talking Mortal Kombat. I am going to have to have you on after we both watch it. Mortal Kombat dropped in theaters this past Friday, but it's going to be on HBO Max This coming Friday. So hopefully you and I will watch it shortly after. But give me three predictions for Mortal Kombat.
1: I I think Scorpion is going to be a good guy. Because they got Sonata to do it. And I'm really excited about his Mm. performance. Just because he's so good in everything that he does. Even if it's a crappy movie. What Um, else has he been in? He's been in uh, Endgame. He was the guy who fought Jeremy Renner's Ronin. Uh, he was in Last Samurai. He was the second in command. Uh, he was in Westworld. Um, it's just, he's been in a bunch of stuff and, uh, he, he's, he's always so good. And it's because he's done so much stuff in Japan. That, like, you can see his expertise carry over, but he's just- Is he a legitimate action star or is he just yes. more of an actor? Oh okay. No, no, no. He does, he does kendo. So mostly, mostly what he did was, um, do a lot of the period pieces in Japan. But other than that, I mean, he's still just like, often, like, he, there, he just has a presence of character that makes you, it doesn't matter what he's doing. You just want to listen to him, like, do, like, do a role, honestly, because he's so good at it. So, very excited about him being Scorpion. Um, I, I'm kind of excited to see Lewis ten in action. Um, I went back and I looked at a, a lot of his action reels. I looked about uh, him uh, like training with his dad. Um, he's got some legitimate skills. It's just – He's uh, really tall.
0: He's so like, tall. Uh, yeah, so that's why I think it looks a little clunky. He's talented, but it yeah. just doesn't look good for the camera. Like when you compare – uh, when you compare him to, like, Iko Uwais, uh, the Indonesian guy, they, they were on the show uh, Wu Assassins together. Like, yeah. It, I mean, Iko's, I don't want to say he's a little dude, but he, he's significantly shorter, I think, uh, and, and just looks so much better doing it.
1: I, I mean, Louis Ten, like, if he was an actual fighter, I think he would have a significant, like, height <laughs> advantage, and weight yeah. advantage over these guys. And oh, of course. And that's, you know, it, that's the problem with film. You know, you usually want to root for a guy who's, like, the underdog and then he's always fighting the bigger dude so lewis tan would generally fit in as a villain i would say Mm -hmm. but um you know i think you had concerns about him as a leading man i'm i'm glad that he's getting to show off his chops because he does have legitimate training in there and honestly if if he's good i mean if he's like he can make this a uh, cult classic like um the original Mortal Kombat was, then more power to him, you know, like I'm 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 happy for him there.
0: Hey and people th- remember Robin Shu, right, as
1: the original Liu Kang. So yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm I, I feel so bad that uh that he kind of just kind of fell off the face of the planet after <laughs> after Oh that I I can
0: been. name one other movie, uh Beverly Hills Beverly Ninja. Beverly Hills Ninja,
1: exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll get, well, I'll get into mine, uh, what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm a huge Joe Talzum fan because I love The Raid. I love The Night Comes For Us. He's, he's another one of those, uh, Indonesian martial artists. So him and Uwais are, 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 have done several movies together. Um, he's on the show Warrior, which is also on HBO Max. And he, he, his English is okay. Um, when he speaks, he doesn't quite have that presence, but when he, he's, He's awesome uh, in action scenes. Uh, oh, he was in one of the Fast and Furious films, too. Um, I forget which one it was. But it, the scene is where he beats up uh, Tyrese and, uh, and uh, Han at the same time. Uh, oh. I think they're fighting in some Brazilian, like... I want to say train station or something. And he kicks both their asses. And yeah. <laughs> after the fight, C looks at uh Han and says, uh, yeah, don't tell anybody about this or something. Uh-huh. But That's really all I remember about that. But yeah, Joe tells him he, anything that he does, I'm generally a fan of the uh, sub zero versus Scorpion, that whole dynamic, always a fascinating rivalry to, yeah. to, to watch. And really they didn't do a great job of exploring it, in the original two movies, you know, granted the lore of it was kind of more explored later. And there was actually recently an animated film called Scorpion's revenge or something like that, that probably went into that. And and maybe I should actually watch that before I watch this new Mortal Kombat film. Um, I think you'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, I am looking forward to this, uh, a wide range of representation that we're going to have, um, because these characters are actually of, you know, Asian American descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes sense to have Asian American actors do it. And if Louis Tan doesn't work out, uh, you know, it's still, you know, Ludi Lin, like you said, has a chance. Joe Talzum's going to get a chance. This guy, Max Wong's going to get a chance. The guy
1: that plays,
0: um, Sheng Tsung, I think his name is like Shin. Shin Han. Yeah. yeah. he's has ba-
1: been in some, He's been in uh, the Batman, the second Batman, Dark Knight. Oh he was, right. Yeah. He was the accountant. Right, right. I, you know, I I feel bad for him because the one of the best parts of the original Mortal Mortal Kombat was uh, Your uh, brother soul is mine. Yeah, Kerry Kerry Tagawa, I think his name yeah. is. Or Carrie, yeah, he is a middle name that that eludes uh, me right now. But man, he was just like. He, when I, when I picture, it's like the same as when Mark Hamill does Joker's voice. He is the voice. He is the face of Shang Tsung. And it's really hard for me to get away from that, you know?
0: That is very true. And also that guy came back and reprised his role as Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat in the video games, but also yeah. Mortal Kombat Rebirth, which was a web series. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They actually brought him back for that. And, you know, we can go into that some other time, but that was uh, kind of a fascinating experience because that was kind of branded, um, by as this, as a concept for this re, quote unquote, rebirth of the Mortal Kombat universe and, and turning it into, the film that it was supposed to be, um, it was dark, it was brutal, and it, it became a a twenty episode series, which wow. ended on a very strange cliffhanger where Liu Kang was the was the villain and Kong Lao was the hero, and they were about to show down, and uh, yeah, like all that kind of sputtered in nothing. So you know, five years later, we get this, we get this film that I'm super stoked about. So who who do you think survives?
1: Um, I mean, who's grand champion and uh, who? uh... See, see here's here's the whole thing too. I I really hope that they're doing tournament format. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I don't know how else they're gonna go about it because, um, you know, every other every other um, series that has been made, I remember there was like a. A television series that was made back in the day that that felt very um Hercules Xena sort of feel to it, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Remember. And then it wasn't really a tournament; it was like talking about the war. And I was just mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this is a lot of stuff that I like. I would never have grasped from the video games." And <laughs> once you miss an episode in like the nineties and early two thousands, you're just kind of like, "Well, <laughs> I'm not going to figure <laughs> out this story for another ten years." <laughs> So, Not
0: gonna figure out the Mortal Kombat story. Yeah. Which by the way is very complicated with, you know, all these realms I and mean, unnecessarily so, I think. Uh, you but... don't,
1: you don't appreciate the lore, man.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> franchises to be made here, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm always, I, I'm for universe building, but not, not in the sense when you start introducing like millions of different species. Which, yeah, you know, personal taste. In general, I'm not a huge fan of sci-fi now because of that reason. A- anyway, I'm super excited for this Mortal Kombat series and. It happens to be released at the same time as something else that's come out, which I alluded to at the beginning of the show, that we are really here to talk about today, is the show Kung Fu. Thanks for the assist.
1: You're a Kung Fu butt-kicking hero? There's a girl. She's in trouble. I stepped in. Stepped in? More like punching kicks. I live for this stuff. You took down an army by yourself. You basically walked on air.
0: It was physics.
1: This is what I meant to do.
0: Kung Fu. New series starts Wednesday, April 7th. Uh, uh,
1: next day Tony
0: Chung was on his podcast uh, a couple weeks ago to talk through his role on the show, which was a super great episode. Listeners should check that out if they get a chance. Um, since then, the series premiere and the second episode have have aired and I just want to see what your thoughts are on that because there was a lot of hype around the show. Um, it is a reboot of the 1970s uh, David Carradine show, which I also didn't know there was like a, a re like a, a continuation of right in the nineties called Kung Fu, the legend continues. Right. What are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts?
1: I, I, I will say this. I, I feel as though this was made, for a slightly younger audience. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it, it follows the same sort of trend that a lot of the CW shows follow that it's trying to get, um, its, its, uh, viewership in at a very early age and kind of develop that group there because, um, it follow I mean, it's not that the WB has like a set formula, but there's definitely elements of, um their types of shows that kind of carry like the whole arrow universe um the Nancy Drew universe like uh yeah. th- they they kind of create this kind of mythical adventure lore for younger people so like people in their mid 20s yeah um, yeah early to mid 20s and i think it's very ambitious in that scope like to- mm. tony was saying on your podcast um a few weeks ago that it, they try to cover a lot of topics, and I, I think I, I think he he really um, like hit the nail on the head right there because it's it's kind of a broad scope, and I mean it's a good thing that they're acknowledging that Asian people are not a monolith, which is always you know <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that that is a difficult thing to do, yeah. Um because we are we you know in in media nowadays we are not all distinguished you know asian just becomes a catch-all for korean japanese chinese taiwanese you know um uh, singaporean indonesian like everything gets kind of meshed into one and then we get pushed in and then any of the subtleties we have to find ourselves they are very much focusing on one key uh demographic and it's things that you and i are somewhat familiar with because mm-hmm. we grew up in the Bay Area, in the Bay Area and kind of adjacent to this type of family. You know, you, your family and my family never knew, never ran a restaurant or anything, but um, I knew people who did. Um, and that's one immigrant story. You know, like I, I I, can completely understand that. And they, you know, they talk about it. It covers raising kids um, as an immigrant family which is again you know very challenging and the high expectations there's a lot of stuff there i really hope that they are able to continue executing on that because laying out all of that is is great you know um it it gives it gives the viewership uh, kind of a, di- a di- diverse view of what this show yeah. can cover exactly, you know, like it's not just a, a martial arts adventure show. We're also covering like the subtleties of Asian, um, family relations, uh, Chinese family relations. And, and I, I mean, in any show like this, that is this ambitious, there, there are going to be, um, shortcomings, shortcomings along the way. And that, and, and that can't be helped. And the fact that it's a pilot, you know, it, it can't be helped. Um and like you, you're in your pilot season in your first episode you got you you set out a lot of ground to cover so I'm I'm going to um, I'm going to keep on watching and and see if they can really keep up or whether or not they're going to start focusing on like certain aspects of of this to keep the viewership going. Yeah, well they gotta fucking focus on Tony because. Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> huh. Tony like, uh, in episode two three, or we <laughs> yeah, exactly um I, I you brought up a lot of good points and I'm going to take it back to your whole point about the c w because I completely agree um it is catered towards a specific demographic, and I would say even younger than the the people in their twenties I would say even teens uh kind of fall under their target demographic um and through that lens, I think they do have to, they, they do have free range to tackle diverse subjects, but they can't approach it with any subtlety because that subtlety might be lost on younger audiences.
1: Or, um, or uninitiated audiences, frankly, you know? Yeah, yeah. So
0: um, I'll give you the example. Episode one, she's talking to her brother. Or I think his character's name is Ryan. Yeah. And... you know, he, he has this moment where he says, you know, I lost an ally and then he, they could have left it at that. And we could have, we as audience members could have been, you know, look, you know, wondered, okay, what does that really mean? Like ally, like, is he oppressed? You know, is he oppressed within this, uh, within the function of this family? Um, What does that really mean? But I think because, this is the CW and they have to kind of cater towards younger audiences. They had to spell it out that he was, he was gay. And that was a kind of a, what should I say? A, a touchy subject with him and his parents. Right. Um I, I didn't think they needed to do that. I, I actually would have liked it if they didn't and kind of left, left that for a, a later episode for, for them to really drill, like drill down on because it, it seemed like after that first episode, a lot of issues were explored and then all of a sudden a lot were forgiven.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this. I think that they left enough undercurrent of tension. I think that the resolution between the siblings was like, wow, you know, you're gone for three years. Nobody nobody texts, nobody writes. I mean, if my brother did that, I'd just be like, yeah, the guy's dead. <laughs> you know, but everybody was just like, oh my god, I, you know, come back to the wedding. I was just like, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we'll, we'll get into the sister in a little bit Um, I, And the whole monastery thing Her motivations for going to the monastery were very silly Oh, like you mean, you mean Mul- Mulan? Mulan,
1: <laughs> like literally taking the first twenty minutes of Mulan and, and tearing yeah. it into live
0: action format. <laughs> yeah, I like. Did why did it have to be a matchmaking session halfway around the world? Like there could have been a matchmaking session, or there could have been like that matchmaking session could have been a part of this, like a buildup of the trip that you know made her snap and just say "fuck it, I'm going to a monastery." But for that to be the thing that makes her do such an extreme action, it seemed a little bit odd to me. Um But again, this is the CW, right? And Oliver Queen has mu- made much, much worse decisions see,
1: see, here's on, the... on Lian Yu. <laughs> see, that's, that's my whole thing. Like all, like, Season one of Arrow, they went hard, man. Like, they, they were trying to make, um, Oliver out to be like a killer and all this other sort of stuff. And then they, they like gradually pulled it back. They're like, Oh, we went too far with pilot yeah. season. <laughs> let's, let's focus up. We, you know, we've, we've got a, we've got a multi show franchise to save here. All right. There's Grant Gustin. We got to get Supergirl in there. Black Lightning. We, we got to bring everything together. Um, And I think if this takes off, I think they will operate with a lighter hand Mm -hmm. and put Tony in more episodes and give him more lines because – Man, if there is a, a star to be generated here, it's going to be Tony Chung.
0: Yeah, yeah. T- <laughs> Tony, that's... if you're listening to this, to get your publicist <laughs> to get the word out. All right, <laughs> we'll, well, we'll have to get into Tony in a little bit because because yeah. this this pod is worthy of a uh, of a Tony corner. Yeah. I, I I am curious about the whole universe building aspect of it, and, and I and I hate the fact that you know that I I have to watch this show and compare it to Arrow. Because the Arrow, you know, I, I end up spending, you know, like years of my life literally like dedicated to the Arrowverse. And at some point, like after Oliver Queen, you know, became the, what is he now? Not the Monitor, the... Uh, uh, the Spectre. The Spectre, yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a good stopping point. Like, grand Gustin, love you. The Flash is a fun show, but I can't watch that anymore. And Legends of Tomorrow as as, uh, as 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 well-reviewed as that show is, I, I just can't watch it that much either. Yeah. Um, so But I do have to kind of compare Kung Fu through the lens of what I know from Arrow. And what I liked about Arrow is that they left a lot of mystery on the island of Lan Yu. And, and I yeah. feel like there really isn't any mystery left in that monastery, w- w- which is okay. But I really hope we don't need to revisit it well, as much
1: well, throughout here, the show if there is no mystery to it. Here's the thing, though: the second episode kind of set up um, the The sisters, <laughs> yeah, the, the the siblings, and then you know, like there is a network of monasteries. I'm assuming alongside that, <laughs> you know? like, there's, they're 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 setting up a limited world building, and my ultimate hope is that. You know the CW has come out with shows that have stood the test of times. I said shows, but I should say show. Um Supernatural, I think, is is what I kind I I want this show to move towards that, where they mm-hmm. they kind of make their own universe, and then there's a cult following to it. And mm-hmm. I see them setting that stuff up by putting in the eight artifacts that like you know have to I be like found. That. You know, I, like, and, and that's the whole thing. Like Jared um, Padalecki and then Jensen Ackles, they, their, their vehicle for success for the last, what, like 15 years, I want to say has been just that show. And if we can, I mean, and don't that, and trust me, that show has had like, it's, it's down seasons. There have been difficult times there, but I think with the right, influx of like big name stars you know because jeffrey dean morgan played a big part in the supernatural series um you have a vehicle for building stars here you absolutely do because all of these guys are young they have their universe set out of, uh, before them and they have an ambitious and broad enough base from which to jump off of i mean there's a love triangle. There is the eight artifacts, you know. There is mm-hmm. you know, exploring the gangster side of you know, whatever fictional side of this Chinatown is. There are factions here. There's a lot of stuff that you can build off of. Um, you know, and if there's if there's like surprises to be had with the existing characters. I mean, I, you know, like I I love Seema. I I think I think he plays his role to a T. I I wish there was more to him and I think they still have the potential to do that. I, I, I I mean like, you know, like if he turns out like he's not fighting back against the gangsters because he's got some, you know, secret or some like illegitimate son or, or something along that line, you know, like a good plot point to drive that home. I mean, you're really underusing the most oh, yeah. veteran member of your cast. here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, when I, you
0: hit it right on the head Because I think that the tension And one thing I will say CW does really well Is the father figures Like all the parent figures are always generally Very good on these shows mm-hmm. Um, Nora Queen I, I thought Was fantastic yeah. on Arrow Um, you know, uh, Laurel and Sarah Lance's dad does yeah. good job Uh, Barry's,
1: um Barry's uh, father, uh, the original but, Flash
0: He's good, and <laughs> yeah. then also the Um, like his adoptive father mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like all of them are really good. So I, I, I've always appreciated that about these CW shows, and I think that of, of anybody, I think um Olivia Liang, the girl that plays Nikki, has great chemistry with ma And sure. whether that's I don't know if that it's because he's he's got so much presence that he's able to carry that, or you know, generally the the writing is that good. I I would agree though that there isn't that much depth to him and I almost want to compare him to Brian Cranston as Malcolm's dad because, because Malcolm's dad like there really was no depth to him right right but uh, really the, the mom was an incredible character yeah. on Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. Um, who is she? I don't know. Uh, she, she's not Walter she's, White. That's for damn sure. Lewis. She's Lois. <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah. was,
1: that was her role. You know, she made yeah. it there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. She was fantastic. And, and I wonder if that's kind of the, the direction that they're going to go with, uh, the show and it's more about, you know, the, the tensions and the, um, the repairing that needs to be done with the mother figure.
1: And I mean, I think that's part of the problem. Because uh it not not that it's a problem, but I mean like you you're you're coming out strong with all of the things about Chinese parents that like are already known. And Zima is breaking the mold, honestly. Like he <laughs> he's so nice here. I have yeah. I, I have not met any Chinese father that would be like, if your daughter ran away, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> like even, even in our circles, that's like, would Jerry, Jerry Liu wouldn't be down with that. No, you don't think Fei Wang would be down no, with that. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but, um, the, the mom is very much like if you've read any, you know, tiger mom, dragon mm-hmm. lady book, Joy Luck, you know, Joy Luck Club sort of thing. It's, she's, she's channeling all of that, you know, and yeah. it would be, nice because i don't think any of our parents followed that template exactly it would be really nice to see like localized subtlety there <laughs> you know like you know she she has three perfect english speaking kids um yeah. all of them with like diverse backgrounds all of the, like none of them are the same yeah. you know and um you you don't generally see that you know, there's a reason. They, no, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like there, you you will have kids with different personalities, but you can absolutely see the root of how they were raised in each one of them, and that's true for any family, you know. But mm-hmm. you have these three kids that, like, in in terms of personality, are so wildly different, and so okay with a sister coming home and just being able to like destroy fools um, <laughs> that there has to be. A reason behind that you know there has to be a reason why your kids developed so distinct so distinctly you have yeah. a rich you have like you have a rich area of character development there that, that can absolutely be exploited I hope mm-hmm. they do it I really do I really hope they don't like you know turn this into just another artifact hunt you know like um, jumping I mean they, they can absolutely use that to drive the series forward but you need to use this as an opportunity to develop your characters because that's why people will love them.
0: Yeah, it is as you said a very diverse group of characters and it, which works to, you know, this, this very wide audience that they're pandering to, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to have a character that they root for. I, I do like the idea of this eight artifacts thing as kind of universe building from a kind of a world view. And then you, like from a world supernatural mm-hmm. fantastical element standpoint. And then like you said, you have this triad element locally that is more, um, more realistic and more day-to-day. So you kind of have this formula for, okay, every episode you're dealing with something local while there's this ongoing, you know, world crisis <laughs> involving eight (laughs) weapons that that's kind of sprinkled in throughout throughout each of the episodes that you you gain a little bit more traction on as the series goes on um very formulaic but it works and again it's universe building right there could be more monasteries there could be more allies there could be you know more more nickies out there more proteges that Mm -hmm. can get their own tv show in new york I don't know. Of course, of course, you would go back to New York. (laughs) No, actually, I think it should be. It should be Seattle. (laughs) Well, it should be Seattle because to to give proper tribute to Bruce Lee. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It 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 really is interesting, and I think actually, in speaking to you about it, I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was, you know, coming into this conversation. That being said, you know, I'm regardless of how the show goes, I'm still going to watch it because our man, Tony Chung. And this takes me to Tony corner.
1: Tony's uh, corner. Tony should Corner. Have, should we have a jingle? Ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba. It's Tony's corner. That's massive. Yeah, you know, the lucky groom, Dennis song. Dennis, come in here. The mathlete from high school. He's changed a little since then.
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> but I, I gotta say, it, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's very cool to see Tony, oh, yeah. uh, on TV for uh, as fleeting as it was for the first episode and, and to not see him in the second episode. I wonder uh, if he got to keep the I, jacket I say... from
1: the uh, wedding scene. Because, I mean, I can still <laughs> see that in the back of my retinas, how bright that thing was. <laughs>
0: It, it was very, uh, Sida Long, I thought. That's when, uh, when Tony showed me that photo, I was like, man, which, which, uh, heavenly king were you? Are you, are you a Jackie or are you Leon? And which, which one are you, Tony? Um, but yeah, it, you, there's not much to judge off of, you know, uh, him, uh, his two minutes or one minute on screen, though, it is interesting that they've introduced him and his family as being a very very wealthy family right, right? um so as my part as part of tony corner this episode uh i'm going to make a a prediction that that tony is actually a villain he is go- he is a he is going to be a villain or have some kind of negative impact on the Shen family, um, at least in the beginning he he's got some uh how should i say <laughs> nefarious <laughs> motives
1: your Chinese <laughs> restaurant is on prime real estate
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh well, you know Tony said that he, he plays like this VC guy so um i, I don't know that, that's got to be worked into somehow into like the the whole his whole character and his interaction wow. with the shens and some kind of overarching story i don't know what I, do you? i think? mean
1: i i would love to see tony be uh the bad the bad guy honestly. <laughs> i think i think i think when you're given the role of a villain you have the you have a real opportunity to kind of like connect with the audience in a certain way like the, the one that i can always think of is uh the the kid who p- played um, Joffrey from Game of Thrones, like he is mm, universally yeah. hated, but everybody knows yeah. who he is. And if yeah. Tony's been, if Tony, if to, if Tony's being given this opportunity, um, to to expand his role in that, I would I would relish the thought of him oh, uh, doing man. that. But um, I don't necessarily think that that's where this is going, because. Um, what I think is that, uh, I mean, I, I feel as though, uh, Nikki's sister is, is kind of filling in the Felicity, Felicity, the smoke. Felicity smoke, um, sort of, uh, role here. They,
0: they need to, they need a differentiator fast. Yeah. Like I, uh, i i hear felicity i see felicity like <laughs> emily beckett richards is,
1: i think i think um, i think um i think uh emily beckett richards had had a couple of seasons to to iron out the uh the wrinkles there i i actually see him kind of um in a in uh tony kind of in the way of like being it, because the, it, it's obvious that they're forming their own super team here somehow you know what i'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you got you got that yeah. commu- you got oh, a community center um guy in there you know like coming in, coming in with the it man kung fu in episode one and i was like ooh <laughs> you're digging <man." laughs> but um but like i totally see them going and um tony being the financier of their little like uh little little adventure you know a, a kind of behind a kind of uh Iron Man without the suit, you know, just just the Tony Stark portion of it. I and because they didn't put in the element of him. I really hope they, they give him a little bit of depth, depth with the whole mathlete sort of thing. Like, you know, yeah. like, uh, they, they have a problem all of a sudden they can't, they can't solve. And then Tony comes in and just be like, actually, you know, this, 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 this is, this is this, this, that. And it's just like, wow, Tony, you solved the problem. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're come on the team. Super team unite. <laughs> you know team. <laughs> unite
0: like you're absolutely right i mean they they have a doctor they have a hacker they have money um they have you know the the historian slash fighter which is uh which is his character is surprisingly resourceful for a guy who teaches martial arts at like the the chinese ymca like that, that part is a little bit of a stretch of the imagination um but then again you know so our yeah, these characters' <laughs> hacking skills and, and what I assume to be Tony's math skills um, <laughs> when, they, when they get to there. Uh, no offense to Tony and your math I'm skills. Gonna, I'm but...
1: going to get, see, I'm, I'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt there because Nikki's character went to a monastery for three years and was able to defeat full-grown men, like immediately, <laughs> you know, came, came out yeah. and was just like, oh, you, you come at me with a gun? I I learned this technique you know, year one, month two, obviously. <laughs> and then this guy was like, "I went to Beijing for two years," and I was like, "Oh yes, the two-year study at Beijing on Love Boat. Of course, you learned all about the ancient Chinese scrolls and develop your your Wing Chun style kung fu at that time. <laughs> of course, this is this is all part of the study abroad program that I missed out on during my my stint in college." <laughs> oh man (laughs) certainly a stretch but i'm giving everybody the benefit of the doubt i i know that i know this is just the pilot which is what i'm saying like you know they have plenty of time they have plenty of plenty of time yeah
0: yeah yeah. um i I do want to do more episodes with you to to talk through this because i like like i said it is it, it it should be interesting. This is an opportunity for um, a lot of young stars to to show their stuff, uh, namely Tony. But I guess I guess there's other people we might care about, too. <laughs> but the um, I want to ask mm-hmm. you, what do you think about the action? Because the show is called Fu, <sighs> so we should address uh, There
1: There was an improvement on the action between Episode 1 and Episode 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I I yeah. think what it, because you know honestly action on television is very difficult to do you know it's 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 just hard and I think the the way that they want to portray um, Olivia Liang's Lang's character Nikki as being like wow she's got this you know um, preternatural ability to like utilize the things that she's learned so she has this like sense of invincibility against um like normal guys right like he she can easily take down three thugs at a time sort of thing you know she can go into a casino or whatever the poker room in the second episode and just be like listen fool like i don't care who you think I you are i, I trained at a monastery you know like and i can destroy everybody here um i think those mob fight scenes i really hope that they diminish that and they kind of give her somebody like a rival sooner rather than later because i really think that that is going to be the difference um i i've seen her do the butterfly kicks a couple of times now i've seen her disarm like three guys in two episodes of guns and it's kind of like okay you know like we know that you can do this but you got your ass kicked by like um Zhang lee or zlan yeah and in the first episode and that keeps on haunting you so don't you need to train to fight her you know what i'm saying like or or make or make a. um is it harry that harry's the historian henry henry yeah or make henry become like a coach or a sparring partner of sorts you know show them developing together have them develop that i mean there's already a romantic like relation there to us to a certain extent develop that further make them develop their skills together you know you can't just go after an assassin half cocked and you know think that you're going to make a difference this time around you know you you have to you have to train to that you have to earn the fight with them you know
0: yeah like i I completely agree that they can only do the 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 street brawls only so many times and she can only beat up on insignificant people so many times um and that being said i i think it's still necessary it'll it will also show her growth and improvement i think as as an actress um as an action star because you know, when I talked to Tony about it, she actually didn't have any martial arts background. She was a dancer. So it, there is a little bit of a learning curve there. Um, and, and, you know, not everybody can be, you know, Charlize Theron in Atomic Blonde. I mean, that's, her right? months
1: but, of training, you know, that's like, a, a, exactly. A, 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 like individualized training. Brutal. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, but these things take time and, um, I, I, I would like to see that growth also just from an aesthetic standpoint on the TV show. So I feel like these kind of monster brawls are necessary. I, I, will,
1: I will say so, this. I, I actually think that the first two episodes, they had to make her come out completely clean because they don't want her parents to find out about this, about her like vigilante life, right? I think when her parents find out, you'll, you'll see that the fights become more brutal and that she will get like, beat up a little bit, which is better, honestly, because it shows, like, yeah. th- it gives, it gives them more flexibility in the type of choreography that they can do. And it will allow you to see, you know, Nikki take a punch or like, you know, you know, take it, take as much as she can give. Like right now, she's afraid to show off the scar that she got from, um, the, the sister, right? From by wielding green destiny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, you, like, I, I think after a bit, they can hash it out better. But I think if they go, I I mean, I'm not telling them to, the the style is their own. It's a very elegant, Mm -hmm. it looks very, you know, fluid and dancer stylish, but like it's, if, if Olivia goes through, I'm sorry, if Nikki goes through all of these fights and doesn't get cut up a single time, it's going to get old real fast. Like, you know, it's just why, you know, we're all going to go and train in it. This is like Shanghai. uh, This is like Shaolin soccer all over again, you know, like, You you need a rival. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. I I think um, I, I'm optimistic. I I, I, I want, legitimately am optimistic about it. And uh, Jeff, always great to have you on, and I look forward to talking to you about Mortal Kombat once it comes out, and also uh, more kung fu episodes as they uh,
1: as this show progresses. Sounds good, man. I'm really looking forward to it.